Hey guys, what's up? Here for the third episode of Football Addicts Anonymous. As always, I'm Rusty with my boy Rob Key Q. So, I'm going to start off the night. I uh, got a little NFL news this past week. Drew Brees came back. Uh, he announced on Instagram that he's coming back to New Orleans. Will play for the 2020 season. Don't know if it's going to be any longer than that. Trying to win another Super Bowl for New Orleans. <clears throat> so, really, I mean... That, that impacts the most Taysom Hill and Definitely. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, first domino dropping in the quarterback market, free agency-wise. Um, and then we had another big piece of news as well. Um, Greg Olson. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, he's going to add a good piece to um, Seattle. Uh, he's going to open up the run game as well. Uh, my like former teammate, Chris Carson, he runs the ball there, so I know he'll appreciate that a lot, knowing that he has a, a good uh, wide receiver that can help, uh, you know, create passing yards for the, uh, for the team. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, um, I mean, really, Seattle's used their tight ends a lot um, in the past couple years with Russell Wilson being there. He, he's just opened it up, really. I mean, uh, they had Jimmy Graham for a couple years. He had a 10-touchdown season. They also had, two years ago, Will Disley was considered a blocking tight end, um, but he blew it up. I believe he had 1,000 yards. And then even last year when Disley went down, uh, Hollis, Jacob Hollister really uh, was productive at the tight end position. But Olsen, I think he's got something left still. And uh, he's I, think, I think he's going to do wonders in, in Seattle. Great asset for them. Good pick up. Yeah, most definitely. <clears throat> so XFL week two, uh, what were your thoughts overall? Um, I enjoyed watching the games this past week. I, the offense looks like they're picking up, and I believe you know as the year goes on, the offense, the offenses on each team will get better, and uh, it will help bring more crowds to the league, fans, and everything. Yeah, I, I think I think it was another great weekend for the XFL. Uh, the first two games of the weekend on Saturday, I didn't think were, were that great. Uh, excitement-wise. Yeah, definitely. Um, but on Sunday, those two games, I, I thought, were, were really close and um, were competitive. Yeah, you want to start off with New York and D.C.? So, yeah. Week two. Um, my, my D.C. defenders are 2-0. <laughs> uh, Cardell Jones uh, led, the, led the game in passing. Uh, 23 is 37 uh, for 276 yards. Two yeah. touchdowns and a pick. Yeah, he um, Cardell had a great game. Uh, there's this one play, I'm sure you remember it. Uh, it was third and 10. Cardell, he's trying to escape pressure, um, trying to do that. He ends up fumbling the ball. Then he picks the ball up, does a nice athletic move, uh, remains calm, and throws a nice first down. I really uh, enjoyed watching that. Yeah, I, I don't know how he did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Cardell, it, it's only been two weeks, but I, I think he's definitely in the conversation along with P.J. Walker to be MVP. Top two. Um, and I think Landry Jones is going to have something to say to, yeah. to say about that by the end of the season, too. Mm-hmm. Um, leading rusher in the game, Denell Pumphrey. He had 12 carries, 52 yards, <clears throat> tacked on three catches for 26 yards on five targets. It wasn't in a big rushing game, but you know, I think that was a that was a good bounce back game for Pumphrey, who in the first game only had four carries for three yards. So I think uh, my boy Cody Coop, who has him in our fantasy league, 
I, I think he was happy that he, he came back um, yeah. well this week. Tried picking <clears> him up. Yeah. Uh, also had two 90-yard receivers. Uh, Rashad, Rashad Ross had four catches for 95 yards on five targets. Yeah, he, and DeAndre Tompkins came back after missing the first week of injury with six catches for 92 yards, a touchdown on nine targets. Yeah, uh, Rashad Ross, he's a... Uh, He's up there in the league uh, in receiving yards throughout the past two weeks, right under 100 yards this past game. Uh, definitely solid receiver to have on your team. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, I think Tompkins coming back was the biggest thing for that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, missing him week one, it, it didn't. They didn't really lose a, lose a beat. Um, but I, I think those two together are, is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Leading two standout defensive players for that game, um, the only New York player that we have since they didn't score any points, they didn't have any offense. Um, but uh, Bunmi Rotimi, who was our defensive player of the week last week, he yep. had another great game. Uh, yeah. Seven tackles, tackle floss on QB hits. Yeah, he's definitely looking like a star in the league. Uh, solid man. He's always seems like he's able to find the ball, and I'm glad we picked him last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, Definitely solid defender. If only, if only he could help the offense. Yeah, right. <laughs> get something going. Yeah, yeah. Um, put him in the on the line or something. Run the ball. Um, another another standout defensive performance had a defensive touchdown, which is DC's third defensive touchdown of the season, which leads everyone. Um, Jameer Thurman, linebacker, he had six tackles. Two were on special teams. Um, he also had a pick that he scored for a touchdown and a pass deflection. And really, I mean, the score said it all, I think. 27-0 D.C. Uh, defense. Their defense is just ridiculous. I, they're up there with Houston um, as one of the best. And Tampa, really. I mean, Tampa, Tampa's 0-2, but, but their defense is, is pretty solid as well. Yeah. So moving on to the second game of this past week. Uh, we had Tampa at Seattle. Seattle got the dub, seventeen and nine. Yeah, um, that's it's crazy. Uh, you know, Brandon Silvers, uh, he had a. It seemed on the stat sheet you look that he had a good amount of uh, yards passing, ninety one. But overall, if you take away his pass from Reynolds, he really he really only had twenty three yards passing, uh, offense wise. So right, that's that's really a. <laughs> bad stat but I mean in the end they got it done right <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> but it says something about Tampa Bay yeah I mean it, it was a, it's the same exact thing though the second week in a row for Tampa Bay they they led the game in yards yep. on offense and they get down inside the 20 and they, they just, just can't, score. can't do anything they yeah. kick field goals they or they turn the ball out. over I don't know what it is but they gotta and figure that I, out I mean I think they need I'm banging on the table again this week for Quentin Flowers to start mm-hmm. because it happened again. I mean, he came in and the offense ran pretty well. Um, th- they just need to find a quarterback that can actually run the system that they want. Yeah. I mean, Taylor Cornelius had an okay day, uh, 16 of 27 for 154 and two picks. And one of them was returned for a touchdown, mm. uh, which was ultimately the deciding score. Yeah. And I mean, he did. He did have a good job. He did do a good job, though. At the end, I don't know if you saw the game. Yeah, I did. Um, but he had a shot at the end. Yeah, uh, missed it, it was... on a Daniel Williams 
offensive pass interference in the back of the end zone. Two pass interferences, right? Or two penalties just for Zen. I feel like there's two penalties in the end came down to it. I guess it was just yeah, one. But and he just threw a pick in the, in the last play. Uh, yeah, yeah, last yeah. ditch effort. He just had to throw it up. Hey, the, the ball was there, though. Somebody could have – I mean, it looks like it looked like one of the receivers, uh, I believe it, it was a, the inside wide out, but I felt like he, looked, he thought the ball was going to fade to the left a little mm-hmm. bit, and, you know, the ball was tossed right there. But, hey, it was in the end zone. It was catchable, so. Yeah. Um, but Tampa did have – like I said, they had yards. They had another good running, running attack. Um, Jacquez Patrick – had 14 carries for 73 yards, which is 5.2 yards per carry. Yeah, he looks like grown which is man. Good. <laughs> he looks like grown man out there. He he had a catch where he lowered his shoulder and you know trucked somebody, mm-hmm. almost made it to the end zone, barely was right there. But you know he looks like grown man out there. Yeah, it, that that catch was for 18 yards. Um, also had one other target. Um, Keenan Reynolds, like you said earlier, had had the big play. He did um, three catches for 87 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, but he had eight targets. Yeah, and I I think that that's just an issue with Seattle that, like you said earlier, they had one guy who was over twelve yards. Everyone else was under that. Yeah. Out of the six guys that more balanced got attack, if they're gonna survive in this league. Yeah, three but, of their receivers had negative yardage. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Reynolds, regardless, he had that nice sixty-eight yard catch put up numbers crazy but if they don't learn how to spread the ball out and or find another receiver or something you know they're they're going to struggle in other games mm-hmm. when it comes down to it yeah a couple couple defensive standouts uh the two touchdown scores one for Tampa um yeah. and one for Seattle on defense Marcel Frazier three tackles a pick a touchdown and a pass deflection um his play was pretty awesome mm-hmm. uh, that was a bad play for Quentin Flowers you yeah. got to say you got to get the ball yeah. up over the defend the defender, and yeah. he had he didn't move back far enough to to throw it up above and get the screen going. But I mean, Marcel Frazier made an athletic play and scored right on the goal line. Yeah. And then Tavares McFadden for Tampa, uh, he had a tackle, a pick, two pass deflections, then that touchdown, their only touchdown still. First first touchdown for Tampa ever. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of says something when your first touchdown's a, a defensive touchdown. Yeah, I mean. Regardless, though, McFadden, he looked, uh, after he got the ball in his hands, he looked really good. Tampa might need to uh, bring him out on the offense because there's a lot of guys around him, and he, you know, swirled and spun and ended up making it to the end zone, and he looked fast. Hey, man, I, th- I think my guy Reese Horn is, is doing pretty well over right. on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but they just got to close it out then. Yeah, moving on to the third game of the week this past week. Um, Dallas at LA. Yeah, what do you? Th- how do you think about overall in this game? How do you feel about it? I mean, my guy Landry Jones balled out. Yeah. He struggled early. Um, Both teams struggled early, and the first half was was kind of slow. I think it was three three at halftime. Yeah. Slow start, but the second half was great. Right. Um, Landry Jones became the first three hundred yard passer that the XFL has had. Uh, he went twenty eight of forty for three hundred five, a touchdown and two picks. Um, both of the picks were kind of iffy, um, but like I said, those were both in the first half. Yeah, and he, he even better. he even said at half his halftime interview, he's like, I I got to play better. Yeah, it was kind of the opposite of Matt McGloin last week, uh-huh. where McGloin came out. every time he got interviewed on the sideline, 
he was just distraught. <laughs> and he just... He, yeah, you got to remain he said that composed. He was saying everyone had to play better, but Landry really took the leadership role and took it upon himself and said, yeah. I have to play better. And he did. He and came yeah. out came out with a lot of yards in the second half. It was great, a great second half game to watch. Yeah, and him and Josh Johnson, it was both their first game of the season. Yeah. They both missed last week. Um, Johnson wasn't as effective, but still he still had a good game. Uh, 18 of 34 for 196 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and he also okay. added the first three-point attempt conversion, oh, yeah, conversion um, to Adonis Jennings, which was interesting because they got a defensive penalty. Mm-hmm. So instead of the three-point from the normal 10-yard line, it was at the five. Yeah. So it made it a little bit easier. But still, I, I think the conversions – the after touchdown conversions have been suspect. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know what else to say about it. Mm-hmm. I I don't know the numbers exactly, um, but there haven't been a lot, and I think that's something the league has to look into. Yeah, um, because that's one of the exciting points that the league was pushing toward people. Yeah, I don't and know. It just hasn't really worked. I guess when it comes to the penalty, maybe find a different whether it's on kickoff or whether it's not as many yards because it just kind of takes away the the fun of the distance and everything, just spread yeah. it out. But over, I mean, Josh Johnson, he was coming off an injury, you know, and so there's obviously going to be a little rust in his game, but um, he'll get better as the year goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so leading rusher in that game, Cameron Sardis Payne, he had a great game. I was really mad that he didn't get to 100 yards, um, yeah. but 14 carries for 99 yards, 7.1 average, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Two touchdowns, had five catches for 32 yards on five targets as well. Yeah. He just absolutely he, balled. Yeah, he was all over the field. Um, I felt like he had more production in the second half uh, once Jones was able to find people you know, deep, uh, open up the running game and allowed him to shine and just go through the trenches a lot more easier. Yeah, I mean, he, Bob Stoops came out after in his post-game presser, and he said, yeah, essentially once we got, once we started running the ball in the second half and they couldn't stop us, we just kept doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, leading receiver in that game, another monster game for Nelson Spruce, six catches for 82 yards. 89 yards and two touchdowns on nine targets. I know. Those Leading, deep balls. Leader in targets. Um, I believe he has 15. Uh, I'm not sure, but he's he's one crafty player. Like, he looks – he's able to get open. He's able to – he's just very nifty. Um, or no, 24 targets. Oh, way wow. off. Yeah. yeah. He's getting some production in. He had 15 last week. That's what, that's yeah. what I was thinking about. 24 targets over two games is absolutely monstrous. Yeah. He's um, always open. Every time I see him on the field, he's open. Yeah. That's why I said he was one of my key players in, yeah. our, first, in our first episode and a fantasy steal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out to Brian for having him in our league because he's absolutely a monster. Yeah. Um, Another receiving big day for receivers, which I think is something to watch uh, when we get into our fantasy segment. Okay. Um, Donald Parham, the tight end for Dallas, he had five catches for 76 yards and a touchdown on 11 targets. And I think it really changed when Landry came in because 
Landry was looking for the tight ends because Sean Price is also the second tight end for Dallas, and he's the third leading receiver among tight ends. So they have the first and third leading receivers um, when it comes to tight end yardage. And they're, and they're throwing to him. You know, he's 11 targets this game. So it looks like, you know, as the season goes on, if you have him on fantasy or whatever, you know, he'll put up some points for you. Yeah, m- most definitely. A um, couple defensive um, players that we had in this game. Uh, Will Smith, the linebacker for L.A., he had eight tackles, two on special teams, a pick, and a pass deflection. And then Greer Martini for Dallas, he had six tackles, one of them on special teams one tackle loss, and a fumble recovery that was inside the Dallas five-yard line, a huge goal line stand, having this game come out 25-18 to 18 for Dallas. Um, that, that point of the game, I think, was really a turner that came um, in the favor of Dallas. At Definitely. Point. So... Um, Got the next game. Last game of the week we had um, was St. Louis at Houston. I thought this was the best game of the week. Down to the wire. Um, yeah. And I I have a big issue with this game as well. Oh, wow. Uh, I was watching it, and so Jordan Ta'amu. Um, oh, I know the quarterback, is. The quarterback for St. Louis. He was 30 of 37, 81%, 284 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, added eight carries for 32 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But one of those picks, the second one, really irked me <laughs> because there was a clear offsides uh, yeah, by know. Houston. How the refs, the refs call I don't that. understand how they didn't see it, how they don't replay it, because what the XFL said is that in the beginning is that they're going to review stuff if it impacts the outcome of the game. They're not trying to review little things. Like, they they said they can't review DPI, um, but I think they should have looked at the offsides there. Yeah, I mean, he was was running down. He was, like, the only person moving right for the play. It kind of was obvious. He looked like – I mean, maybe to them they thought he backed up or whatever. He didn't really get it, but cross over that line. Yeah, and I mean – Tamu essentially thought he had a free play, just threw, chucked a ball up the sideline. A uh, guy for Houston picked it off, ran it back 66 yards. Uh, Houston would score a couple plays later. And yep. that was really the, that was really the um, turning point in the game because St. Louis just couldn't come back from 10 points. So <clears throat> Tamu, I think, is, is probably top three, honestly, behind the yeah, quarterbacks, I mean, behind uh, Jones and Walker. He's he's playing like that, um, and eighty-one percent. Yeah, and I can't really say anything bad about him because he uses his legs too, and and that's a, a great thing that he is a dual threat. Yeah. Um, leading rusher in this game was Matt Jones, uh, sixteen carries for forty-four yards, really bad average, two point eight, and he also leads the league. In carries, they had six in this game. So. He doesn't have the production that he should <laughs> with the amount of carries that he has. Yeah, um, that's real, that's he has thirty-seven odd. carries through two games with one hundred twenty-nine yards, under four average. Um, his teammate Kristen Michael is just as bad at one point seven yards per carry. You think it's the it's the line that's causing this? Because 
That's I mean Matt Jones before in the season preview we were talking about him. He is a great running back, and we've just seen him get get um, all these carries, and it just seems like he can't carry it, carry it over into. Yeah, I mean, yards. I mean, last last week with his eighty-five yards, um, I think that that was a pretty good performance because that was, I think that was right at four yards per carry, which is the the standard. Um, this week, I just think that the Houston D line is really good, and yeah. I think he's going to have a bounce back game next week. But we'll get into that later. The um, <coughs> Damian Washington. Yeah, you, you want to talk about him a little bit. Um, he had six catches, 77 yards, a touchdown with eight targets. Um, he's a big guy. Uh, I just think it was kind of an average game for him. He's 6'4". Um, honestly, I just look to see more uh, work from him. I feel like he, at being his size, especially in this league with corners that aren't that big, he should be able to dominate a little more. And I just haven't seen it. But overall, uh, he's a solid guy. Yeah, I mean, I think um – even though he was the leading receiver in yards, I think for the St. Louis team, their their real um, leading receiver is Demorne Pearson L. Uh, he's a big slot guy who's a former punt returner, mm-hmm. um, and he had 11 targets. So I really saw, especially late in the game, Ta'amu. That's who he was looking for. Yeah, um, and he he scored one of the one of the three touchdowns that Ta'amu threw. Uh, but the biggest leak. Um, receiving wise so far and the biggest fantasy performance for a receiver this year um, Cam Phillips for Houston he had eight catches for 63 yards and three TDs um, on 10 targets he I mean just everywhere you look it was Walker to Phillips Walker to Phillips Walker to Phillips <laughs> and I know the XFL, they put out their Players of the Week. He was their Offensive Player of the Week. So I, I don't know if his production is going to stay that way because before this game, he had okay production, but um, we'll see if P.J. Walker keeps looking at looking his way when it gets down to the red zone. Yeah, it looks like he's a favorite for him, so I'm sure. Uh, we have Benicas, uh Brown for Houston, 11 tackles. It's all over the field. Yeah, I mean, Beniquez Brown, he had one of those tackles on special teams. I, other than his tackles, though, he doesn't really have a lot of other stats, which I would like to see him get more involved in the pass rush and get some sacks. I agree. Um, He's get top. some picks and coverage. Yeah. But, I mean, the Houston defense overall is pretty solid. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, th- I think they're up there with D.C. Yeah. Um, Brown, uh, former Packer, uh, but in this league, he's top five. So, yeah, I'd like to see him do some, you know, other things just besides tackles, you know, maybe for some losses and other stats, force mm-hmm. a fumble. But um, I'm sure as the season goes on, he'll get it. It was just second week, so. Yeah, and, and his teammate, though, DeMarcus Gates, uh, also at linebacker, nine tackles, a sack, and a tackle floss. Now, he – has been racking up sacks and tackles for loss. He's been more disruptive in the backfield, mm-hmm. where I think Beniquez Brown is more of a off-the-ball linebacker. Marquise Gates, the Marquise Gates is more outside linebacker, um, pass rusher type. Um, but, yeah, so great week, great second week of the XFL. Um, hoping to see more. So we had our Players of the Week. Uh, second week players, week two players of the week. 
So you want to start off with our, our first guy, or do you want to um, talk about? Yeah, I got him. Uh, we have, for offense, we have Cameron Artist Payne. He had 14 carries, 99 yards, two touchdowns, five receiving yards for 32 yards, and five targets. Um, he's just all over the field. He's a former Auburn uh, running back. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Panther. Yeah, he looks like he was all over the field. Seems like he still has a spark, a uh, strong guy, and it was just great to see the production out of him. Yeah, I think uh, I think that they're gonna keep him going, especially especially his running um, along with Landry Jones passing. I think they're gonna complement each other very well going down the stretch, um, and we'll see as it goes forward. Yeah, he uh, he helped run the Renegades to their victory, right? First victory. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, so, and then our defensive player of the week, your guy uh, yep. that you picked out, Tampa, uh, from Tampa, he's a safety. Uh, Marcellus Branch had 12 tackles, one sack, and two tackles for loss in a losing e effort yeah. against Seattle. Uh, he's, he's my defensive player just because he's a smaller safety. Uh, he's not that tall. Uh, I think he weighs about a buck 90. But um, it seems like he plays very physical, which is what I like about that um, small guy playing physical. He did have an unnecessary roughness uh, penalty towards the end of the game, which I wish you know the league kind of let go for the fact that it is the XFL extreme football. Hope they allowed a little bit more roughness, but I understand player safety all the way. But um, I just like that I can tell he plays with passion, which is why I like him. Yeah, uh, like I said, their their defense is their strength because <laughs> they don't have an offense, kind of yeah. like New York. Um, our first repeat guy for our Player of the Week segment, Austin McGinnis, uh, kicker from Dallas. He was 2 of 2 from 41 and 45 and is now 5 of 5 overall. Ooh. He's the leading scorer among kickers. And yeah. He's, he's just accurate. <laughs> he's consistent. And I, I think that he's a real weapon for Dallas. Uh, if they can't score touchdowns like they, like they showed in the first game, even though they lost. He can score all their points yeah, if and, they need to. And part of the reason he's special teams players of the week again is um, in a close game he helped you know victory. And then, right. You know, and it was some of these other kickers we've seen even in the NFL they'll miss an easy chip shot whether it win the game and send it to overtime or you know just close out or, or to, to close the gap between the scores. But he seems like he's reliable and he'll help your team get it if you need it. Always good to have a kicker that can make them when you need it. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so moving into our injury segment, unfortunately that we can't do the Sunday game injuries because the X-Files haven't released those yet, but we'll run through the Saturday games a while. Um, so for Dallas, um, they have a couple that are pretty big actually. Um, their right tackle, Pace Murphy, he has a foot injury, didn't participate yesterday um, Donald Parham like I said earlier huge production him and Sean Price both have injuries Donald Parham has a foot Price with a hand um, Price was actually able to practice a little bit yesterday uh, Parham didn't so that's one big thing to watch fantasy wise um, and also Jeff Bidette your guy from the preseason yeah um, I like him hasn't a lot. produced as expected but um, he's gotten the ball a lot. It just hasn't been able to do something with it. But yeah, I'm sure he will. Uh, he has a hip injury. He was limited yesterday. Um, he does lead the wide receiver, the the team in wide receiver targets, and rece receptions and yards. Um, but I think that offense really runs to the tight ends. Yeah. Uh, so Houston, 
their injuries, they have a couple. Oh, wow. um, Sammy Coates, he hasn't produced like uh, – he's sort of like Bidette, who hasn't really produced as expected. Um, but he has a thigh injury that uh, he wasn't able to participate in practice yesterday. Cam Phillips, the guy we just talked about, three touchdowns this past weekend, couldn't participate in practice yesterday because of an ankle injury. And then their center, Demetrius Ronnie, um, he has also has an ankle injury and wasn't able to practice yesterday as well. Um, so moving on to Seattle, they have a lot, actually, um, just like Tampa. Um, both their left tackle and right guard, uh, left tackle Isaiah Battle and right guard Michael Dunn, they weren't, be, they weren't able to practice yesterday. Uh, Battle has an ankle and Dunn has a calf injury. So hopefully they can get those squared away. Um, both of their starting, their number one and number two running backs are injured. Kenneth Farrow has a rib injury, um, wasn't able to participate, and he did. He got hurt last in the game. Um, yeah, he and did. He, he looked hurt, you could tell. Uh, and rib injuries are always kind of tricky. Uh, you never know exactly unless the team comes out and says it's a cartilage thing or it's a fracture. Oh, certainly. You never really know. Um, and also, like I said, their other running back, Jaquan Gardner, he has an ankle injury. He was limited. Um, so if, if they can't go, either of those or both of them can't go, it'll be Trey Williams, who with his, touch, his limited touches, he has been really productive, um, especially receiving the ball. And then Cason Williams, their wideout, he's their number one wideout. He just hasn't played yet. Um, he's been struggling with a quad injury. He wasn't able to practice again. So I don't think he's going to play again this week. It doesn't look good for him anyways, unless he miraculously gets better um, within the next couple of days. Um, and then finally, the last, last team that's playing on Saturday, um, Tampa Bay, Aaron Murray, probably going to be out again. Um, he wasn't able to practice yesterday with a foot injury. Um, the leader, or the second leading tight end in receiving yards wise, um, Nick Truesdale, he's been out with a knee injury. Um, Ricky Walker, their D tackle, uh, he has the second most tackles among Tampa Bay defensive linemen. Um, he wasn't able to practice with an ankle injury. And uh, the leading tackler among D linemen, Nikita Whitlock, he also is a D tackle and he wasn't, uh, he was limited yesterday with a thigh injury. Their left tackle, Martez Ivy, also has a thigh injury, was also limited. And their starting center, Jordan McCray, has a knee injury and he was also limited. So a lot of guys for Seattle, a lot of guys for Tampa. We'll see if they play. Um, like I said, Murray probably not going to play. Neither will Williams, I believe, for Seattle. Yeah. All the other guys, I think, can be will be able to make it through and at least practice some and, and get to playing next week. This week. Yeah. Hopefully, once they release the new rosters for the injury uh, list, they'll uh, some of these guys won't be on there anymore. Or, right. Um, so. Moving into our fantasy players to watch this week, uh, you you want to go with the first guy? Uh, P.J. Walker for, for Houston for quarterback. Uh, P.J., he's making some plays looking like Patrick Mahomes out there, throwing balls to the side, deep, short, doesn't matter. He's all over the field. Um, he's able to use his legs effectively to gain yards, So and he's very fast to add to it. Uh, so overall, I think he's a good player to have in your team. He'll help, he'll help you get some points up on the board what about you yeah i'm gonna go with the uh, running back um talked about him earlier in the dc 
game review, Danell Pumphrey, I think uh, 52 yards this past week was a good starting point for him. And they're going against, let me just check here. I forget who they play this week. Yeah, they're going against L.A., who hasn't really had a good run defense. Mm-hmm. Um And Danelle Pumphrey against the LA defense. I think I think they're going to be that, that's going to be a good matchup for them this week. Um, and then our receiver that we have this week, uh, Demorne Pearson L for St. Louis. I talked about him a little during the St. Louis game recap. Um, Eleven targets this past week. I think that guy that's a guy that Jordan Tommy really looks for um, over the sl- in the slot and over the middle. And mm-hmm. I think. Um, He's going to have a really great game. They're playing New York, which New York's defense is okay. Um, their front seven is really the biggest the biggest thing they have. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think New York's going to be able to stop St. Louis. Right, we'll see about that. Uh, we have tight end, Donald Parham. Uh, big tight end. He gets a lot of yards. I believe he's about six, seven, six, eight-ish. Around six, eight. There. Six, eight. Yeah, um, and it looks like his quarterback loves throwing to him. Every chance he gets, he always, every, you know, possession, he's getting the ball in his hands. Um, he has 116 receiving yards so far, uh, 12.9 average yards, and he also has a touchdown. But I'm I'm sure next week he'll get another touchdown, and as the season, as the season goes by, he'll keep pounding them on. Um, we can go, you, you want to go into the betting insight segment? Yes, sir. So we got a new segment. Um, XFL is big on on showing, being pretty transparent with the betting aspects of it. Um, First league like that, I would say that I know that actually has it on the screen while you're watching the, the yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. They always had the over-under there, um, and then the, the point spread as well next to the team that's favored. Just, just. Um, one thing I wish they would do is update it live um, as the yeah. point spread and the over-under changes. But... That's just, um, a, that's just it, a thing I it just <laughs> it just goes to show how big fantasy is um worldwide now honestly and i'm sure as the years goes by whether it's even this season or wherever other leagues will pick up this strategy on um, this marketing tool and they'll also it'll eventually get to where it's live is showing you know consistently right um so first game of the week uh houston at tampa houston seven point favorite uh minus 305 money line uh, with a 45 and a half point over under, um, I think this is a really good spread for Houston. I think they can cover that no problem. Um, I would take the points and the money line there. Um, probably the under though, just because I don't think Tampa's going to score a lot of points. Yeah. Um, granted, Houston could probably cover that over under by winning 46 to nothing. But I don't see that happening. Hey, we'll see what works out. I think out. it's probably going to be a lower scoring than, than 45. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so next game is uh, Dallas Wait, so you Seattle. picked – Yeah, Dallas at PS, Seattle. Yeah, that's a five-point – Dallas is a five-point favorite in that one. 220 – minus 220 money line, um, 43.5 over under. Again, I think it's the same thing with Houston, that five points is just not enough. Even against Seattle, which is sort of a, a mid-tier team in this league, um, I, think, I think that that's going to be an easy cover for, for Dallas. 
And I agree. The 43 and a half, um, I would take the over on that one because I do think this one's going to be a competitive game. I think Seattle's going to score enough to to cover that, that over. Yeah, they've both played games where they've put up uh, a lot of numbers uh, so or a lot of points. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Next one is the biggest point spread of the week. Uh, New York at St. Louis. St. Louis is a 10-point favorite, uh, minus 500 money line. And that line, the over-under line has now moved to 40-and-a-half. Low-scoring game. Um, same thing with the Houston game, though. I, New York just doesn't have the offense to score enough. Even though 40-and-a-half is sort of a low over-under um, point uh, total points. I don't see this being a high-scoring game. Like I said, especially with New York having an abysmal offense. Yes, yeah, shut think out. Saddle, uh, St. Louis is gonna. I don't know if they'll cover because ten's a pretty big number. Um, so I would probably take New York plus ten, even though they got shut out by DC last week. But I just think ten's too big of a number. Um, last game, DC at LA. DC's a minus eight and a minus four twenty-five money line, forty-four over under. Um, I think all three of those numbers are pretty good. Um, unlike the St. Louis game, actually, you know what though? I think eight is is a little bit for LA. LA like Seattle is sort of a mid-tier team um, with Josh Johnson coming into a second game I think that they're going to have they're going to give DC defense a little bit more than uh, what they would have seen without Johnson at, at quarterback um, I like the over for 44 um, I think this is going to be a competitive game and uh, I would probably take plus 8 on LA and uh, money lines perfect for DC okay so last segment, uh, we're going into our picks. Uh, great last week. We were both three and one. Uh, we're back at 500 at four and four. Thankfully. So <laughs> that's all I wanted this week, this past week. First game of the week, Houston at Tampa, uh, Saturday, 2 p.m. on ABC. Um, who you got? I've got Houston. Easy, um, easy pick, really. Houston, they put up the most points in the league, and they're playing Tampa, who's put up the least points in the league. So there I, you have it. I agree. I um, I think P.J. Walker is just letting it up. Like we said earlier, he is one of a couple guys that has already put himself into the MVP hat, um, MVP race. And, yeah, Tampa, they don't really have a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Their defense is pretty solid. We'll see how they do against P.J., um, but Houston's defense is just as solid, and I think Houston might score a defensive touchdown. Yeah, um, I so, think. But, but even without with their quarterback's role, how do you think Tampa can pull off a major upset? Um, Tampa, they for, for one, they need to score in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they, they need to score in the, in the red zone for the simple fact that they have over 100 yards um, against both teams they've played on offense, on, on offense, yet they've found a way to still lose the game, um, even with all that production. They have Smith and Patrick as their running back, which uh, they have a good one and two punch. Um, I feel like it's one of the best in the league, even though the points right. don't show it and their score doesn't show it. So I believe if Smith and Patrick can get going and 
Tampa can find a way to score in the red zone, they'll pull off upset this week. We shall see. Um, that would be major if they did. Um, second game of the week on Saturday, uh, Dallas at Seattle. Um, that's at 5 p.m. on Fox. Uh, I have Dallas. Um, I'm just going to roll with my boy Landry Jones. Uh, I, Seattle is a tougher team, but I, I just can't. Even though Seattle will be rocking at, at, at CenturyLink, uh, I think Dallas, the offense is going to be too much, and I think the, the defense will hold Brandon Silvers well, at bay enough. That's the thing. I have Dallas as well as my pick for the season to win it, um, so I kind of have to go with them. But I'm a little worried about their defense. I've kind of looked at their numbers, their scores throughout the game. But um, as long as defense can hang on, like he said, then they'll be solid and win, and uh, end up winning this game. But they are playing a decent team. so. Yeah, and I, I think the way for Seattle to win is Brandon Silvers really needs to play better. Um, they need to score more. And they need to keep that running game going that they had because they did run it very well against Tampa late in that game. If they can keep that rolling, I think they'll give the, the Dallas defense some fits. Um, I just have the only issue I, I think that the biggest issue I think that they're going to have is, is Landry Jones in the passing attack. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> so third, third game of the week, uh, New York at St. Louis, uh, Sunday at 3 p.m. on ESPN. Um, who are you picking? Um, I've got St. Louis, New York. They only looked good against the worst team in the league. Um, and also St. Louis, they're, play, they're playing at home, and it looks like just throughout what we've seen the first two weeks, um, there is a home field advantage in this, and overall the team's still just way better, in my right. opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I think New York is bottom of the barrel right now, especially with uh, McGloin's issues that he had with the team and his play. Um, his comments on the sideline, if I were one of his teammates, was I would not be happy. Um, I'm assuming they got that all figured out this past week. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I, I have St. Louis as well. Uh, it's, it's, it's just New York's not good. Yeah. Their, their defense might be able to hold them for a little bit, uh, but unless their defense really takes over the game and, and forces Ta'amu to, to throw a couple interceptions like he did last week, I don't see them having a chance. Yeah, I, I feel like to, uh, Tom is going to have a comfortable game. I feel like he's going to look nice and he's going to look sharp and hit some nice targets. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but I, I think if New York is to win by some miracle, uh, McGloin's going to have to come out and throw the ball very well. Um, I would say he has to be at least 70% um, in his throws. And, you know, I think their defense has to score. Yeah. I don't think they're going to get by with the offense that they have right now unless Mikhail McKay takes the, takes the game over. But then again, the only way for Mikhail McKay to take the game over is if the offensive line protects McGloin and if McGloin can get the stuff out of his head um, yeah, and so, just play. So defense is key for you. Yeah, definitely. For New York, they're a defensive team. All right. Uh, we've got the last game, 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Uh, D.C. at L.A. What do you got? Uh, 
course I'm rolling my boys in DC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cardale uh, has been playing lights out. And the return of DeAndre Hopkins last week showed that they're, they have a dominant one-two punch with Hopkins, Tompkins and Ross. Um, and their defense has just been unbelievable with three defensive touchdowns through two weeks. Yeah. Um, How about you? Uh, I've got D.C. And uh, I just think in order for uh, – I mean, D.C. by far a way better team than L.A. But in order for L.A. to win um, – it's gonna come down to Josh Johnson playing a great game. Uh, he was a little rusty last week. Hopefully that's knocked off, and with this week of practice, and he just got to come out strong and stay focused and disciplined this, the rest of the game. And also the defense has to, to remain disciplined on LA. Uh, as we've seen throughout the past few weeks, DC they've uh, came in the game and had a lot of trick plays that they like mm-hmm. to do. Um, so if LA can stay disciplined, stay home, and everything, um, don't get fooled, then they might be able to win. That's, I don't see having, but if there's a way to do it, that's how to do it. All right, man. Well, we're all on the, we're on the same boat for all four of the games. Uh, we'll see how our picks do this week. Uh, hopefully, we get back over 500 again, um, so we can start trending toward a winning record. We will. We'll get there. Um, but thank you all for tuning in. Uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FAA Podcast. And also, we just got on listed on Spotify Podcast and Apple Podcast. So if you don't want to look at our faces, go listen to us on there. <laughs> thanks, y'all, for having, and thanks. For-